Night. It's good to see you tonight. Everybody hear me okay? All right. Good to uh, meet a family that's visiting from Medina, Carl and Megan. Megan, right? Carl and Megan. I'm so glad they're here. They're visiting from Medina area. They travel around, and when they're traveling around for work, they go to church on Wednesday nights. So we're glad they're here. Hope you've enjoyed the service so far. And um, those that are Ohio State fans, you'll get to know Carl. Those that are Michigan fans, um, get to know Carl as well. All right, we're going to look at a topic tonight. Actually, this is going to be our last week looking at um, one of the wilderness attitudes. Next week, we'll look at the solution to this, uh, and then we'll start a new series the following week. But um, this is the last attitude in the wilderness. Now, how many of you, you've been taking notes and you can tell us a couple of these attitudes that we've looked at that we found in numbers? Anybody? Someone say it? Doubt? Having a critical spirit? Covetousness? Murmuring? All right. Now, what were the solutions? Some of the solutions to those, what were they? Contentment would be what? The, op, the solution to covetousness, right? Doubt, what would we, what'd we look at? Faith, having faith. And um, having a critical spirit, what did we look at? Being grateful or what was it? Love. Love, that's exactly right, love. And so tonight we're going to look at the last one. And um, how many of you, you've ever doubted before? Okay. How many of you have ever coveted something before? All right. How many of you, what was the other one? How many of you have ever critical? How many of you have been critical? Both hands. Come on now. Yes. You've been critical. How many of you have been rebellious before? Rebellious. Now those other ones are easy to look at. Yeah. I've, I've coveted. I've been critical. I've doubted, but rebellion is one of those things that we it's difficult to really look at and evaluate our life because rebellion, the Bible says it's witchcraft. How many of you, you have a big black hat, pointy hat, black cat, how many of you have a black hat? You're getting close. All right. And, and putting spells. We don't think of rebellion as that, but look, look with me, if you would please in first Samuel, first Samuel chapter number 15. And we find in verse number 23, the Bible says this, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Those are pretty harsh words there in the Bible, aren't they? Isn't that harsh? So rebellion is as witchcraft. It's, it's this as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is the, is as iniquity and idolatry because there has, has rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected the, from being King. This is Samuel saying to King Saul, an entire, an entire kingdom was taken away from Saul because of rebellion and stubbornness. And in Numbers chapter number 16, go there with me, number 16, we're going to look at Numbers. We've been in Numbers as we looked at all of these, these wilderness attitudes, we called them. We find the story, how many of you have read the story of Korah before? Story of Korah. 
Here, just breathe. This is a long chapter, and we find here in number 16 that there's a man by the name of Korah, and he, he brings a rebellion against, against uh, Moses and against Aaron. And God deals harshly with Korah and, and with those that follow along with Korah. But I want you to see in verse number one of Numbers chapter number 16, now Korah, this man named Korah, and he is, uh, Bible names all those that are with him. In verse number two, they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of, of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. There's something interesting here that I find that when Korah rose up against Moses, this wasn't just like the, the people that didn't know what was going on. The, the Bible says here that those that rose up with Korah, they were, they were princes. They were famous in the congregation. They were men of renown. These were leaders that were supposed to be helping Moses lead the children of Israel. They get to a place in their life where they begin to rebel against what God is doing with, with Moses. Write this down. A reject, rebellion would be this, a rejection of God's word, God's way. Rebellion would be this. It's a rejection of God's word, God's way. That's rebellion. That's why God said it's, it's as sin as witchcraft. It's stubbornness. It's, it's as idolatry. What you're doing is you're putting your way above God's way. And anytime you put something above God, it's idolatry. We, we think of maybe an idol would be a, you know, a little figurine, a little statue, uh, you know, other, other religions. You go to other, other denominations or so, and they've got statues, and oh, how dare them have a statue? Well, the reality is this, anytime we want to do it our way above God's way, that's idolatry. You're just as bad as that. Because idolatry is putting something above where God deserves to be, a rejection of God's word, God's way. Someone that's a rebellion would be this, a difficulty being told anything. Did you ever meet that kid that always rebels, like always has a, just whatever you tell him, he does the opposite. That, that kid, I've told the story before, that kid, he bad, just, just giving his teacher a hard time. You've had one of the kids like this, haven't you? Giving the kid, kids just giving the teacher, and the teacher finally says, Johnny, sit down. And Johnny just stood there. And she said, Johnny, sit down. And she says, Johnny, I'm going to make you sit down. And he sat down and he looked at his teacher and he said, I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. It's rebellion. You might think you can tell me what to do, but my heart is doing the opposite. I want you to write this down if you would. Rebellious, rebellion is serious. All, all of these attitudes that we've looked at over the last however many weeks that we've looked at, we must understand the magnitude of these. Because what these do, is it keeps us from being where God wants to be, worshiping where God wants us to worship or how he wants us to worship. And then it causes us to get our mind off of him, our mind on ourselves. Rebellious, rebellion is serious. I believe this. We live in a very rebellious society, don't we? Everywhere we go, we see it. Children battling with their parents, rebelling against their parents. 
Families, wives battling with their husbands, employees battling with their bosses, students battling with, with teachers. But the problem is this, we find in God's word, as we're going to read through number 16, rebellion has massive consequences. Rebellion is one of those things that have massive consequences. It leads to ruin. It it, it leads to a difficult life. Moses here in this passage of scripture, we find where Moses is about 80 years old. I want you to think of all that Moses has been through. Moses has been to the burning bush. How many of you have ever been to a burning bush? No. You wouldn't know what that was like. Moses, Moses had to go against Pharaoh, and Moses had no idea if Pharaoh was going to kill him when he would go before Pharaoh. Pharaoh could have. Matter of fact, it was only because of God's grace that Pharaoh didn't. How many of you ever talked to a Pharaoh in Egypt? Moses brings almost 2 million people to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's coming hard at him with his army. The Red Sea is on one side. There's no place to go. And God leads, miraculously leads Moses and the the Israelites through this Red Sea. Just think about all the experience that Moses has had to this point. Nobody in Israel has done what Moses has done. Nobody in Israel has led the people like Moses has led. But there is a man named Korah that believes this. Look with us in verse number three. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. He spake unto Korah and unto unto his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him, even him whom he hath chosen will cause to come near unto him. This do take you censors, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord hath chosen, he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. Moses says, you think I take too much upon myself? You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. Korah resented something here. And what we find is this. Korah's rebellion is so serious. He resented Aaron and Moses, their prominence, their, their, their leadership. Korah was flat out willing to sin because he had a rebellious spirit. Listen, rebellion leads you to sin against God. It doesn't lead you to get closer to God. It doesn't lead you to to, to be holy like these men are, are claiming themselves to be. Rebellion leads you farther away from God. I want you to write this down, if you would. Number one, rebellion is serious. Number two, rebellion exists in every human heart. There's nobody here this evening can say this. That's not me. The reality is rebellion exists in every human heart. 
There's a part of us in, in every heart that if we allow our heart to make decisions and, and, and uh, uh, dictate how we're going to live, we will live a rebellious life. Verse number two, these were, these were men that were famous, men that were princes. These were the chosen men of Israel that came to this place of rebellion. These were the, these were the elite leaders, the best of the best. And Korah had a, 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 a position. These men all had positions. Korah was one of these men that held a position. Korah was one of these men that had influence. Korah was one of these men, whether it be a prince or, or famous in the congregation or men of renown, Korah was one that had a position because Korah was leading these men that all had positions. But, but, Korah, but Korah wasn't satisfied with his position. He wanted more. And that's what rebellion does. Rebellion. God put these men in these positions. God put these assemblies together. God, remember in, in um, was it Exodus chapter eight, uh, 18, when, when um, Jethro came to Moses and said, Moses, this thing that you're doing isn't good. You're doing everything yourself. What do, what do you need to do? You need to choose men among you that are holy men, the men that men are good report and, and, and make them leaders of fifties and hundreds and, and thousands and tens and, and let them help you lead in this area. And, and so these men that were now leading in these areas, these were choice men. Korah was a man that had a position, but he wasn't satisfied. And rebellion will always lead you to the place where you're not satisfied in the position that God has given you. In, in verse number three, um, as we read, look at this. Look at this uh, thought here. And they gathered themselves together against Moses. Rebellious people gather themselves together. You know what you'll find with rebellious people? There are some that never have anything in common other than their rebellion. And when there is re a rebellious spirit, you'll always get people together. Our kids agree upon nothing until they're mad at mom and dad. And then all of a sudden, they're the best siblings you could ever make, you know, have. Isn't it something how a rebellious spirit will bring the most uncommon people together? Well, what happened here? How do these people even know each other? A rebellious spirit. And that's what brought these together. People get together with others with common complaints. And rebellion is knowing but not doing. I want you to write this down, please. Rebellion is knowing but not doing. Rebellion is knowing the truth but not doing it. These men knew what truth was. These men knew what leadership was. These men knew what, what God had for them in these prominent positions. But instead of doing it, or instead of just knowing it, they were going to not do the, not, they knew the word of God, but they weren't willing to do the word of God. In Genesis chapter three, we find the first story, the first act of rebellion. What God laid out for Adam and Eve wasn't enough. There's got to be more. It wasn't enough that God said, you can have everything except this. I've got to rebel and have this because I'm missing out on something if I don't get this. Listen, anything that rebellion puts in your heart to desire is something that will keep you from God, not bring you closer to God. 
That thing, that rebellion, when it builds into your heart and you, you convince yourself that I must have this, when you get it, it's not going to make you godly. It's going to do the opposite. Write this down, number three, if you would, please. Rebellion has many sources, and I want to spend a little time on this tonight. Rebellion has many sources. Verse number three, they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, said unto them, ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy. Let me ask you this question. Do you think all the congregation was holy? You know what rebellion does? It stretches the truth. A lot of times when somebody gets involved in rebellion, they, they get involved, number one, rebellion in many sources, number one is jealousy. Jealousy causes rebellion in someone's heart. Many a times that jealousy is because they want control over something they don't have. You ever have those that have people work for you, you're an employer, and a rebellion takes place in your employees. They want something that's not for them to have. Rebellion is most often about control when it's about jealousy. What was it here in, in, in um, Numbers chapter 16, verse 3? It was this, I want the control that you have, Moses. I want the authority that you have. But let's ask this question. Who gave Moses this authority? Did Moses give himself this authority or did God? You know what happens oftentimes with a child and a parent? That authority, I want the authority that my parents had. But who gave that authority to that parent? God or the parent? God did. They gathered themselves. You know what they did? They planned a meeting against God's man Moses and Aaron. And this is what they say, and be careful of our heart. And when we're looking through these, we're not always looking at these are good for someone else. Look at our hearts. Because when rebellion sets seed in our hearts, what it does is it, it, it often is rooted in half-truths. Ye take too much upon seeing all the congregation are holy. All the congregation aren't holy. All the congregation can't lead. You know what happens in Judges? Every man did that which was right in his own eyes, and it causes such a problem in Israel. God establishes authority. We live in a society today that just, just, just sees no value of authority, and we, we badmouth authority, and we, we tear apart authority, and then we raise children, and we wonder why they don't respect authority, because what they've seen is we've just ripped apart about every authority in our life. We mock authority. God set up, he designed authority. He set up those powers that be. But when rebellion is rooted in our, in our heart, we begin to believe half-truths. Look, look, look what else I said this. Um, not only is, uh, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, every one of them. You know what they were saying there? Every one of us are right enough with God that we don't need anybody above us leading us. You see, what happens is this rebellion doesn't see, the, doesn't see the, the wisdom in accountability. Accountability is something that every single person in their life needs. 
You, you, you should desire accountability. What does accountability do? It keeps me right so that I can be right with God. Not everybody is mature enough to make great decisions. Not every child can, can make great decisions. That's why God says, I want you to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so that your children can one day walk with God. With everyone. And then, he, then, he, then look what they do. Then he says this, then, then um, in the Lord if, is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Why do you lift yourself up, Moses? You know what that does? It puts the rebellion that's in their heart and accuses the others of having that same rebellion. What are you saying is, Moses, you want to be somebody. You're, you're taking the authority that, that you want. This is your problem. In reality, that was their problem in their heart. You with me? Just one amen. You with me? All right. Number two, write this down, if you would, please. Number one is jealousy. Uh, rebellion has many sources. One, we can find here that a rebellious spirit is a jealous spirit. Number two, delusional. <laughs> They're delusional. Look with me in verse number four. And when Moses heard it, he fell on his face and he spake unto Korah and unto all his company saying, even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy. It will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. Do you think Moses was concerned? Do you think Moses was confused? You think, you think Moses, you know, I'm not quite sure. You might be right. Let's see what God has to say. He says, this do, verse number six, this do, take ye censers, Korah, and all of his company, put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, here I pray thee, ye sons of Levi. You know what he said? No. You know what the problem here is, Levi? You take too much upon yourself. Moses is saying, let's just figure this out. You know what he was saying? Your, your, your rebellious spirit has caused you to become delusional. You're, you're, many, many want the benefits. Here, Korah wanted everything that Moses had, but you know what they don't want? They don't want the cost. I want to lead 2 million people and I want to be in charge, but I don't want the cost that comes. They didn't want the cost of the burning bush. They didn't want the cost of the Red Sea. They didn't want the cost of, of, of Moses pleading with God and, and, and walking with God and, and begging God for, for deliverance. He, they, they don't want the, the cost, but they want the benefit. It's rebellion. No, number three, we see this as well in this passage of Scripture. A source of rebellion is ungratefulness. Ungratefulness. Look with me in verse number eight. The Bible says, And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel? What, you say, what does that mean? It means back in verse number two, these are... Princes and famous in congregation, men of renown. He said he separated you among the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation and minister unto them. He said, isn't what God has given you, the position that God has given you, isn't that enough? 
Why do you want more? God's chosen you to do something. Why are you so envious and jealous and rebellious against what God has given somebody else? You know, every one of us this evening, we need to understand what God has blessed us with and be grateful for it. But when we get to the place where we're ungrateful, Moses is saying, aren't you grateful for what God has placed you in? You know what he's saying? Isn't it enough? Isn't the position God has you in, isn't it enough? Listen, positions are from God, not our own. God, God puts men up. Look, look with me. Go over to Psalm. Would you just go over there to Psalm 75? Psalm 75. Let's look and see what the Bible says in Psalm 75 of this. Verse number five, lift up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotions cometh neither from the east nor the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. You know, you know what the psalmist is saying there? God's the one that promotes. So if God promotes you, be satisfied with the position he's put you in. Be grateful for what he's doing in your life. Be grateful for what he's allowed you to do. Be grateful for the opportunity to lead and invest in other people's lives. Be grateful for that. Don't be ungrateful and desire something else you want because it'll cause a rebellious spirit. And you'll want what someone else has instead of just being grateful for what God's given you. Number, number four. Write this down. We find in verse number 10, look with me, and he hath brought thee near to him. And all thy, all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, and seek ye not the priesthood also? He said, now, now you want the priesthood? Like, it's not enough what God's given you? For which cause both thou and thy, all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? And, and Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram and the sons of Eliab, which said, we'll, we will not come up. Now, now think about that. Moses said this. Why are you so ungrateful with the position that God's given you? Just rejoice that he's using you. Stop wanting something else. It's causing rebellion. Identify that. And so he says this. This is what I'm going to do. I want to address this. Go get them. Bring them up here so we can fix this matter. And what was their attitude? We will not come up. You know what another sign is? Stubbornness. Stubbornness. Moses says, come up. Let's, let, let's deal with this issue. Their initial behavior when Moses says, let's deal with this, is no. Who are you? Listen, most rebellion is disguised as a person who thinks they're right. This group of people, they thought they were right. They were living on their, re, their, their, their stubbornness saying, no, we're the right ones here, Moses. We're not coming up to you. 
Who are you to call us up? Well, he's Moses. He was the man that God said is going to lead this group of people. He had every right to bring them up. They were wanting something that wasn't theirs. They were challenging God. Moses' response to them was this. Why are you murmuring against Aaron? And why why have you gathered together against the Lord? What, What he's saying is, what is wrong in your heart? Why are you doing this to yourself? You see all that God has done. You see all of God's blessing. Why isn't it enough? I want more. And Moses had every right to say, let's get here and talk about this. And their stubbornness, their, their, their stubbornness said, I'm not going to speak of this. And they, they felt they were right. How many of you ever felt you were right? Only to find you were stubborn. It's that seed of rebellion. Look what he says. So Moses calls them up and they say, we're not going to come up. Verse number 13, is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth, floweth with milk and honey? What did they just say? What, what did God say the promised land was? A land flowing with milk and honey. What are the people saying Egypt was? The land flowing with milk and honey. Their, their rebellion is causing them to look at Egypt as the promised land. And they say to Moses, do you think it's a small thing? You, you brought us up out of this land that floweth with milk and honey. You brought us up out of paradise. Weren't they slaves? Weren't, didn't they have taskmasters that were beating them? Didn't, did, weren't they told that they have to make more bricks or now make, make, the, make the bricks themselves and, and, and they have to continue with the same amount of bricks every day, even though they have to make the material to go in the bricks? Wasn't this the same place that they took all of the newborn baby boys and killed them? And this is the place that the people, because of a rebellious heart, says, that's the land flowing with milk and honey. No, 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 no. The land flowing with milk and honey is where God wants you to get to. But you know what caused them not to get to that place? Their rebellious heart. Remember, God judged an entire nation. He judged an entire generation that couldn't see the real promised land because of their attitude. Number five, write this down, disappointment. Another area that we can identify is rebellion is disappointment. They're, they're disappointed. They're disappointed now. Disappointment leads to unrealistic expectations. They, they refer to Egypt as the land flowing with milk and honey. And in, 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 in look what they say in the same verse. The, it's a small thing. Do you think it's a small thing to bring us out? This land of, to, to what? To kill us in the wilderness. Except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us. They're accusing Moses of doing all of this so that Moses could be a prince. This is what you did, Moses. You took us out of a good place. You brought us into the wilderness just so that you could be in charge. 
Now, we know the whole story, but how many of you would say, that just is insane? Yeah, Moses, I had nothing else to do. Uh, you know what I thought? I'm sitting around the backside of the desert. I've got some sheep. There's this bush that's burning. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take two million stubborn people. I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh about this. I'm going to put my life on the line. I'm going to make my life miserable just so that I can say that I'm the prince of two million people in the wilderness. We see that and we say, that's insanity. Listen, a rebellious heart makes no sense. It gets you so twisted in your mind that you have unrealistic expectations. In in verse number 14, moreover, thou hast not brought us into the land that floweth with milk and honey or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? Will will we not come up? And and what they're saying is not physically, are you going to come and put our eyes out? This is what they're saying. Do you think that you're going to come, we're going to come up to you, and and we're just going to blindly follow you because of who you are? We're not a bunch of yes men. We have our own ideas. We have our own thoughts, and our thoughts are right. And what they're saying about putting the eyes are, are this. Those that are following you, you've deceived them. They're blind loyalty. They'll do whatever you want them to do. And that's what rebellious people do. They, those, that, those that are actually thinking right, you know what they accuse them of? They're just blindly following you. But we're right. Our, you know, we know this is truth. I had... I had a time in my life where somebody was saying, I am something that I wasn't. And I'd say, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. How do you convince them that? How do you convince anything? That's what, do you want me to just blindly follow what you're saying? See, a rebellious heart says, I'm not going to believe truth. Because I've got a perception that I believe is real and nothing's going to change that. And that's where these men here in number 16, they had a perception that they were better than Moses and nothing was going to change that perception. Not even God. You see, number six, what happens then is it leads to distrust. Will you put our eyes out? Those that are following you are blind. We're not blind. We're right. Now, we can see the whole picture here. And when you see the whole picture, who was right in this story? It wasn't the ones that were so convinced that everyone else was blind. They didn't see, the, they didn't see what I see. Rebellion clouds truth. Write this down. I think number four, my number four, seven, six, just write whatever number you down, write it down. Once you write this down, rebellion has many consequences. And with this, we're going to wrap it up. The spirit of rebellion has many consequences. Look with me in verse 15. And, and Moses was very wroth and said unto the Lord, respect not thou this of offering their offering. I have not taken one, one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. You know what Moses is saying there? He said, I, I, they're accusing me of doing this for gain. They're accusing me of doing this for profit. 
They're saying that I've got something for myself. I haven't taken one thing from these people. I've not taken one, I've not gone and taken one animal from them. I've not taken one dime from them. God, don't respect this offering. And Moses said unto Korah, be thou, be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron tomorrow. And, and take every man his censer and put incense in them and bring ye before the Lord every man his censer. Two hundred and fifty censers, thou also. And Aaron, each of you his censer. And they took every, every man his censer and put, in, put fire in them and laid incense thereon and stood the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle. What, what he said was this, we're going to take 250 of these and we're going to go against you. They come against him and the Lord appeared unto them in the congregation. The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron saying, separate yourselves from among the congregation that I may consume them in a moment. You know what God said? I'm done. You, you, you see, the there's many consequences of leadership or, or of, of, of rebellion. One of the consequences is God says, I'm done. He said, Moses and Aaron, get out of the way. And I'm going to take care of these men. He, in verse number uh, 22, and they fell upon their faces and said, oh God, the God of the, the spirit of all flesh shall one man sin and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? This is where you can tell the difference between one consumed with rebellion and one consumed with what God has in their heart. The one consumed with rebellion is willing to lead anyone to hurt. Anyone to danger. You know what you most of the time you find when there's a company of people that re lead in rebellion, the consequence is a whole line of hurt people. Hurt people. Got, in, got involved in a rebellion. It left them hurting. But you know what you find in Moses and Aaron here? They get down on their face and they're praying that no one gets hurt. They love the people and they say, no, God, don't let anyone fall by the wayside. Don't let anyone become, uh, uh, their life become a tragedy. Don't let anyone fall. Just, just, say, just because of one man, Korah, don't allow everyone to be consumed. Korah was willing to lead everyone to their death. Moses and Aaron was willing to say, I'm going to get on my face and pray that none of you die. Korah thought, I'm, I'm the leader that this nation needs. I'm the leader that, 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 that uh, Israel needs. What's so good about Moses? I'll tell you what's so good about Moses and Aaron. They cared for the people. Where Korah cared for himself and used the people to leverage his authority. Be cautious of that type of leadership. Because it leaves a whole line of hurt. 
Moses said this, I'm not doing this for profit. I don't want anything. I just want God to be seen in these people. I want, I want God to bless these, and I want this nation to go forward. Korah was willing to bring them all to a battle. Look in verse number 24, speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abram, and, and the elders of the Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, for the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in their sins. God here is saying that is wickedness. And what is he saying? Rebellion is wickedness. There's consequences for it. You know what happens? One of the consequences, write this down, one of the consequences is, is leadership withdrawal. That means this, leaders, God said to Moses, withdraw from these men and I'll deal with them. If you're hard to lead, you don't get led. And every single one of us ought to be led. It doesn't matter who you are. You never get to a place in your life where you've arrived and you never need lead. A, rebellion, a rebellious person gets to a place where they think they've arrived and there's no need for anyone to lead me any farther. Do you, do you know this? A, a pastor should never get to a place where he's not being led. Everybody has authority over them. Uh, uh, a parent, uh, a spouse never gets to the place where I've arrived now. I don't need to be led. Everybody has authority. God has a system authority over all of us. A student doesn't ever get to the place where they've arrived and they don't need to be led. That's why there's always a teacher. An employee should never get to the place where they've arrived. They don't need an employer, a boss. A pupil always needs a teacher. A, 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 a child always needs a parent. Everyone always needs to be led because the moment you stop being led is the moment you stop moving forward and being a leader. Leadership withdrawal. Secondly is this, the innocent are defiled. The children are watching. I, I, I say this when I counsel married couples, I'll say this. I want you to just remember this. If you two can't get this fixed, I want you to at least keep this in the forefront of your mind. You're teaching your children what marriage looks like. You're teaching your children um, what, what, what marriage is. Churches are teaching the next generation what, what church is. L listen, the innocents are defiled. They're, they're watching from their tents as Korah is marching to the tabernacle, as, as it's, it's, a, it's a, a standoff between Moses and Aaron and Korah and these 250 men, and, and, and there's a battle for this leadership, and, and what's going to happen? The innocent are going to see it. And I want you to see, look, look over a couple pages, Numbers 14, verse number 18. The Lord is long-suffering and great of mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers 
upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. You see, the innocent are defiled. Number three, would you write this down? The guilty are condemned. Verse number 32 of Numbers uh, 16. Go back there, number 16, verse number 32. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men of that appertain unto uh, Korah and all their goods. They and all their that appertained to them went, went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they, they perished from among the congregation. And all of Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. You know what the, the, the consequence of rebellion is? The guilty are going to be condemned. The guilty are not going to get away with it. You, you don't get away with rebellion. Number four, look, look with me on this. The infection spreads, and this is so dangerous. Write this down, the infection spreads. I, this is one of those moments in the Bible I don't understand. Here God just opened up the earth, and Korah was swallowed up into the earth because of their rebellion. And the people ran and said, oh, no, we're going to get away from this because we don't want to fall into this as well. Look with me in verse number 41. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, ye have killed the people of the Lord. And it came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation. Behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. That infection spread. They just got done watching what God did to those that were rebellious in the very next day. (laughs) Are you serious? You just rebelled again? Listen, when you have a rebellious experience, uh, uh, attitude, heart, it infects others around you. It infects your children. God help us that our outlook on life is so rebellious that our children, instead of seeing God for his mercy and his great and his love and his blessings, they see God for his not enough, and we're ungrateful. Instead of our children seeing God's church, or instead of our children seeing God's marriage, and and all the things that God blesses, because we have a rebellious spirit, those around us are infected. Do you ever know somebody that has a view of something, and they didn't get the view of something because they were close to it? They got the view of something because someone told them. Scott is a, he's a bad dude. He, um, yeah, he's, he's just wicked. He's wicked, Jim. Do, do you know Scott? And your answer is not amen. Your answer is no, I don't know him at all. I don't know him well. 
I don't know him well. You don't know Scott? No, never met him. This guy, he, he pays too much for a barber. I mean, this guy's, he's bad news. Jim now has an impression of someone. Couldn't even, might not even be true. But that infectious rebellion is now instilled in the heart of someone else. And it's infected him. And if we're not careful, that's what we'll do to people, our children, those closest to us. Korah gathered all these people around them because of a rebellious spirit. He led them to their death and he poisoned others. And God had to judge them as well. Rebellion is sin. Rebellion is ultimately against God. Look with me and I'm done. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse number 17. This is what God says about leadership. Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves and submit yourselves for they watch for your soul as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Our kids come home like every other kid goes home. Teacher so-and-so. And I, I hear it in my, my ears. I hear my wife, how they respond. You, you, you take the authority away from someone that God has given the authority to. You create a rebellious spirit. You instill that in spirit in the heart of your children. That spirit of rebellion one day will come out against you. Where, why are they rebelling so bad? I instilled it. If everybody else in authority is wrong, one day you still, you instill that. It's going to be an infection, a cancer. You won't be able to take out of that child. And they'll begin to rebel. Yet, boy, my kid or somebody, you know, Kids grow up and talking about the man, my boss, he's this and he's that, and he's this and he's that. And you think, man, you just complained about your boss. Can't be that bad. You know, it might be, they might've gotten that infectious spirit from hearing you. God says that we are to obey them that have rule over us and submit yourselves because ultimately rebellion is an attitude against God. Now, that's the tooth pulling. Next week, we pull this out. We don't leave a void in our life. We add the right spirit in our life. Now, if you feel like tonight you got a tooth pulled, come back and we'll put a crown on it. It'll look just as good as new. All right? Father, thank you. For your word, Lord, sometimes your word